know we could talk plenty about Blade Runner already. Uh, I hate that film. That film is the worst film, man. So, oh so man, bad. what a piece of shit. <laughs> There's no inspiration to be gained from it at all. It's yeah. God, it's like the worst one from Ridley. Yeah, it is. I don't even like, uh, it's weird that it's even like people even regard it as a film, to be honest. Why not? <laughs> How do you pronounce your last name too, just so I don't get it wrong? Oh, Clements. Okay, Clements. That's exactly what I thought. But and sometimes names are different, and I say them wrong. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, how about Iggy? How about you introduce him? Yeah, you do it. Yeah, I can. I can kind of do Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, uh... go for it. There's no fucking rules. All right, here, well, man. so our guest today is James Clements, who also goes by the moniker ASC, as well as a few others. James is a producer of electronic music, leaning mostly towards highly emotional and atmospheric ambient music with a touch of sci-fi. He was a key figure in a new sound called Autonomic, which gave rise to a series of podcasts in 2009. Autonomic consists of electronic music in the 85 BPM range, which often mixed in other styles, such as ambient and 80 soundscapes, which permeated a film like Top Gun, the TV series Miami Vice, down to John Carpenter's inspired synthesizers. James founded and runs an electronic music record label, Auxiliary, which is home to other artists also. Aside from the label, James has been slowly but surely making a transition to film scoring. In 2010, he was asked to specifically write music for a few scenes in Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. In the end, the scenes were scored by Clint Mansell, despite Aronofsky liking what James has produced. From here, he went on to work with Richard Sears on a couple of PSAs. James is also working with Richard on an independent movie called Bottom of the World. This will be the first step into film scoring for James. But without further ado... <laughs> without further up, James? ado... James, ASC, can, uh, what do you want us to call you on this thing? What do you want? Just call me James. I mean, okay, I, James. I, I James. believe that, you know, when I'm going to be doing the... Um, or my first film score, which I'm going to be doing soon, I'm going to be using my real name anyway. Cool. That's oh, cool. Yeah. It's probably better to identify as you, like specifically as a human being, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel that the kind of the monikers I've been using are mainly just for sort of underground music and, you know, DJ and stuff like that. So, kind of comes with the territory, though, right? With like a lot of the yeah, other yeah, DJs and yeah. stuff. A lot of people like don't like don't want to be represented by their name, or like some people have like kind of whack names, so they're like, you know. <laughs> like Bobby Stubblefield or something, you know? Like, oh damn, you hear that new Bobby Stubblefield track? You know, like, nah. yeah, exactly. That's good to go under aliases, obviously. But that I, I can tell, though, I think there's a lot of guys like composers and stuff that um, go by their own name, you know, which makes sense, you know, because you. Yeah, I think person. it. I think it sounds a lot more professional when you kind of yeah. come across a composer doing like film score stuff and they go by their own name. So yeah, I think that's that's my plan anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool though, and, and there's lots to talk about with that. Like, what's, what? How did this all come about? Um, how this? How is this gonna? Like, you know, where's it gonna go? And and what is it about? Can you talk about the project at all? Or, uh, yeah. Um, it's a psychological thriller, very much in the Hitchcock, um, David Lynch vein. Oh, it's, cool. Hey. It's a director out of L.A. He, he goes, I think he's, yeah, his name's Richard Sears, and he, he's done a few kind of cult classics before, but mainly he's been working in sort of um, adverts and um, like stuff to spec for the last like couple of, couple of years, well, 
possibly a bit longer than that now. But um, he approached me um, on Facebook, of all places, and um, said that he had this film project coming up and uh, he was really into my music and he wanted to know if I could do the soundtrack for it. So That's awesome. Yeah. And he contacted you through Facebook. No, was he? That's, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> of all places, yeah. Well, that makes sense, though. It's a big network, uh, really. Yeah, so. it is. It is. If it's used right, yeah. Yeah. Was was he a, was he a huge fan of the music? I mean, how how exactly did he know about you? Was he coming up from uh, your ASC days? And I mean, that you're still using. Well, that. no, it was uh, kind of um. What what he said to me was he he was on iTunes and he typed in Apex Twin and it said it said <laughs> you may also like ASC. Which is really, nice. really cool because, you know, being sort of linked to someone like Apex Twins massive, so. Yeah, it's a big uh, compliment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was really pleased that iTunes had done that. And um, he just ended up downloading a ton of my stuff and driving through um, his location, scouting in, like, New Mexico and stuff. And um, just said that the music was just a total fit. And that's it. He ended up getting in touch. And, and here we are. That's great. Now, have you... Have you discussed what kind of sound you're um, that you will use, kind of like go with yeah, for this yeah. film? It was. Can you talk a little bit about that? How is it? Is it going to be more electronic or ambient, hollow? Um, of? it's. I think he's leaning more mm. towards the ambient stuff. I mean, he really liked the Decayed Society LP that I did with um, Sam KDC. Oh yeah. And he also yeah. um, he he mainly sort of name checked the ambient stuff I've been doing, and. Um, just said that he wanted some real kind of emotive stuff stuff that um touches upon like sort of real themes just like sort of darkness um some kind of suspense um some kind of uh, scenes for kind of love scenes stuff like that you know just 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 basically you know real kind of emotive stuff that um that you can sort of convey through the ambient sort of stuff without sort of getting too too sort of um, dragged down by beats if you know what i mean yeah, yeah, not, yeah, it's not like a conventional way. It's more like pulling out emotion through like notes and stuff and, and, yeah, yeah. and progressions, right? You like, do you like Johnny? I think his name is Johnny Greenwood. Is that his name? Oh yeah, yeah, Radiohead. Yeah. yeah, the guitarist from Radiohead, but he did this score for um, There Will Be Blood and that's right. uh, yeah. the Master. That's right. Also, sick, he, he's worked man. with so good. Paul Thompson. Yeah, he's a PC Anderson right. guy. Yeah. And it's and, and it's funny, wasn't uh, what's his name? I think Clint Mansell, yeah, right? It wasn't he in a wasn't he in a band yeah, he before a, he started itself that's right and then there's um charlie Kla klauser um from nine inch nails i think right i'm i'm not sure somebody not, not, sure. not i wasn't into nine inch nails for real to be honest no 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 it's i'm just bringing up a point that like yeah. the guys from who who have been in oh, bands right, yeah, and yeah. groups actually they they've, they're like really making that transition to film and scoring which is pretty amazing yeah, i think like cliff martinez <laughs> helped produce um red hot chili pet cliff he, martinez he helped produce yeah, like red hot chili peppers albums as well i think or something like that right. I, have, I don't know my i don't have my facts straight don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure that he had some kind of tie with uh red hot chili peppers so like it all kind of comes back i, I guess i guess the point here is that um uh, it's more about being. Yeah, it's more was. about living in that element, I suppose. You know, like yeah, being yeah. being devoted and loving what you do and the things around you that evolve from it. You know, come naturally as long as you're yeah. like 
into it you know like it, things just kind of surround you as you go and you're obviously a big admirer of film too right so oh yeah big time yeah i mean my favorite um stuff obviously leans more towards sci-fi um favorite films probably stuff like the fountain um mm -hmm. let me see moon that's another favorite obviously blade runner i mean we, we were chatting about that earlier but <laughs> what a horrible <laughs> worst film ever made yeah <laughs> Yeah. As I, I look, I have yeah. all the paraphernalia around my office. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, okay. I mean, you did an album. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I was listening to it the other night. The Light That Burns Twice is Bright. I think that was kind of dedicated. Oh, yes. That was dedicated. Or kind of, I'm not sure I'm using the right lingo here, but it, it was like in connection or inspired by um, your love for that film. No? Um, I, would, I think the name more than anything because I've, I came up with the name after obviously watching it and thinking, okay, that that'd make a really good album title. And but once I started, you know, getting real deep into it, I kind of realized it had nothing to sort of do with like the sound-wise. Or so I think I think originally like, sort of the genesis of the idea came from that, but it started to just like take on its own sort of shape and form after a couple of tracks, you know. Yeah. What's your opinion on a, a lot of people have um, an adversity or have an issue with like digital sounds and trying to evoke emotion based off, you know, like in 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 in, in, um, um, in replacement of like n normal instruments like the cello or classical instruments that have been derived from years and years of like progression of musical um, like creation. What, what do you think of that? Like, do you think that um, there's no boundaries because that's kind of how I am. Yeah, but I think if you get the job done, no matter what, it doesn't matter what tool it is. It's more about exactly. The job. It's more about evoking that emotion, I suppose, or connecting with people emotionally. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think that also relates to um, a, a um, stigma in the sort of production world where a lot of people will say, you know, I can only use analog gear because, you know, digital sounds crap and it's just <laughs> totally absolutely ridiculous because I mean you're writing off like a whole, you know, section of of like electronics and stuff of what can do really, really good stuff. You know, just because analog sounds better to, you know, to say to people, Yeah, I'm, I'm an analog guy or whatever. I mean it's it's ridiculous because you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you even say there's there's kind of a stigma against electronic music, especially in film? I mean, it's kind of getting there where you know you hear those electronic based scores. Oh, I mean, it's Tony so Scott. electronic now. It's yeah, ridiculous. but but not that. Not but that's not that. That's it's a little different. Like Tony Scott and Harry Gregson Williams and Hybrid. You you know Hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know James. Uh, you know they collaborate with Harry Gregson Williams for pretty much like all of Tony Scott's films, especially from like the mid nineties or the late nineties to until he, he died. And they brought in a lot of like really great electronic scoring, but only, only Tony Scott and maybe a handful of others kind of utilize that sound kind of for techno thrillers. But I, I, there's like a stigma. I, I feel like why can't electronic music be used as, as a, as an actual score, you know, like I think it can. I honestly stuff. do think it can, and I'm—I mean, that's my goal—is to prove that it can, because of the music that I'm doing and where, where I want to go with my music. And I do feel that what I'm doing is very, very well suited to to oh, yeah. um, to accomplishing that goal, really. So, you know, 
after I've done this film with uh, with Richard Sears, I expect that um, it's going to open up some doors. You know, people are going to hear it hopefully and uh, and think, okay, you know, we could use this guy as well. I mean, this that's that's my goal anyway. I mean, whether it happens or not is another thing, but. Um, but yeah, have yeah, to, you I release think... stuff, and you don't know what the people are going to react to. But nah, I think if, I think if you not, really yeah. give it your all, and um... that's all you can do, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, how how has it been before you got the offer from Richard Sears? I mean, you you have like an impressive catalog of music, and you have a lot of music of all of all kinds. And is that does that make it easier for you to get uh, any kind of jobs, even in? Film scoring, commercials, I know you've done a few Yeah, in the it. past, um, up until I started working with Richard, because um, I did a couple of um, PSAs with him um, last year mm -hmm. as well. Um, up until that point, it was mainly stuff that was, um, you know, people would just pick it out of my back catalog and then license it to um, sort of adverts, um, stuff like that, really. So... So it wasn't so much that I was like writing to a spec or you know being asked to sort of produce a piece of music. It was just you know okay we'll we'll use this track for like one minute. Okay there you go you get your rollies later that type of thing. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah we should talk a little bit too about how you manage to pay bills and all that stuff too for people that might not understand the process of how you how you manage to keep things afloat for yourself through doing what you'd love with your music and stuff right because it doesn't seem like i think from what neil told us or told me at least that you're like you, you don't like like make mcdonald's commercial jingles and shit like that you don't like you're no. like, you, you stick yeah. into your cuffs you know like you're not trying well, to it's, it's not that you know i wouldn't do that sort of thing because it, it does pay the bills, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't write off any type of um, paid work that's offered my way. It's just I don't think that with what I've done so far and um, how my music sort of presented itself that I don't think people would kind of listen to my thing and go, okay, it'd be ideal to do a McDonald's jingle, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because you're just kind of being yourself and creating your own your own thing and, and it seems like for me from listening to your stuff it's like it got a darker tone and it's got this digital yeah. digital um, like sound scape kind of uh, atmosphere atmospheric yeah kind of thing you know yeah, yeah it's it's got like a, a lot a thick layer of um yeah it's more like you're trying to capture mood you know so it seems yeah like, exactly it's exactly. like you're trying to capture a mood uh, i don't know if it's you know like when you create this stuff do you, are you usually um you know, it, you you're you're a real freaking crazy night owl. We'll talk, and you, you, sometimes I have to stay up and do all nighters because I work so much. But yeah, like you'll be emailing me back and forth until like five in the morning. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, like, that's damn. You. Nobody usually stays up that late. <laughs> yeah. so, no, yeah. I usually I usually find that I work so much better at night. Um, I get all my best ideas at night. Um, I'm far more creative once like everyone's gone to bed and it's quiet. You know, so yeah. The world That's, asleep. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I've always kind of been, kind of been nocturnal, and um, it's that kind of lifestyle that suited me, I think. So yeah. Is that when you wrote most of your music? Uh, uh, you is like at night, and especially ambient stuff. Kind of like would you would that inspire you more in the evening hours? Yeah, most most of the time. But um, <laughs> funnily enough, the, uh, the first <laughs> ambient album I did, which was "The Light That Burns Twice As Bright," um, yeah, that yeah. actually came about because I heard 
broke my ribs playing football. Um, oh, yeah, I got I got clattered into by a <laughs> by a goalkeeper. And when I say football, I mean like soccer for you guys. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so yeah, I was playing football and um, I broke my ribs and I got put on some painkiller for quite some time, and I found myself just sat at home. And I wasn't sleeping well, so I mean, I just kind of wrote that ambient album in the space of like a month, of just because I had no other sort of job or work on, and that just came about just from me doing it like during the day, really, which is kind of kind of kind of exactly the opposite of what I do. So that one's kind mm-hmm. of an anomaly, really. You probably captured in it though, you- like that mode or whatever yeah I, f- I think that happens a lot you know once you sort of get into a workflow you know you just you keep at it because you you feel it's working you know yeah yeah definitely or it's like uh there's that one saying that i believe in you can't like force great ideas but you can cultivate an yeah. environment to make them that's why some artists are really create a lot of really interesting work when they're dealing with deep pain or depression and then also on the opposite spectrum where people are dealing with like extreme happiness and 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 um like um comfort i suppose you know like i mean art, art art as we all know is kind of like the and there's many different ways of looking at it and there's many different ways of creating it but the the good stuff the stuff that i like that i rely or like I, I connect with is usually due to some kind of off balance you know like where people somebody's obviously push themselves to an extreme to create something of a masterpiece you know which is usually yeah uh, people don't really capture don't like people don't make masterpieces at least i've seen from sitting around needing cheetos and playing like call of duty you know so <laughs> no that's sorry that's, sorry that's, if that's you listening <laughs> nah, it's, but, yeah. i guess it's you know it takes all sorts but yeah. for me um all through my kind of adult life i've kind of dealt with depression so it's it's oh, been okay. kind of, it's it's been a sort of backdrop to my music. It's probably why it's so dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's oh, yeah. your way of getting it, it out too, or maybe. But yeah, that is, it is. It's always been therapy for me. You know, it's um, a way of me being able to express myself and um, sort of get it all out. But you know, rather on paper, just um, as music instead. You know. Mm. Why do you deal with depression? Is you have some kind of something that you're trying to figure out internally, or you've always had to deal with it? Because I've had like stints of it too, so it's very interesting. It's um, it's yeah. I've been tested a few times. It's just a chemical imbalance, and mm. there's just okay. nothing I can do about it. it. Just, I mean, really, when I moved here from England, um, uh, culture shock. Well, not not. Well, actually, it was it <laughs> kinda, was a little yeah. bit. But um, I'm, what I was getting at is at first, um, I was living in the north of England and it gets um, pretty cold up there. And, you know, in the winter, you have really, really short days. It's just, you know, there's a lot of darkness all the time. So it's it's kind of a... Um, it affects you. Yeah, it really no does, doubt. you know, the whole yeah. kind of seasonal affective thing. But um, when I moved over here, you know, things were totally, you know, the opposite. And the heat was great. And, you know, you San Diego! Yeah, I know, right? So you got sunshine yeah. all year round and stuff like that. But That's still, right. I was getting the same problems. So you know. Oh, so was... you're like, okay, yeah. Was... Yeah, you can't run away from your. No, that's it. So, Eternal. but you know, it's it's one of those things. I'm I'm kind of open about it because I I don't really. We should be afraid of it. Yeah, no, should, exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm it gives it power. Hide. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends problems. that. Yeah, I have friends that have to take like uh, medication and stuff for their. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, hey. If you gotta 
if you have an imbalance, it's really what it's really cool is that we have um, people that dedicate their lives to figuring these things out and allowing people to have the ability to um, kind of be a more on a balanced scale as to whatever the average person experiences, you know. Yeah. So, now Ash, shut, Ash, shut. Does, does, does that does that medication come in the green form? <laughs> Not for me. Not for me. Yeah, for most people, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's the best kind, anyway. But uh, listen, James, just to touch touch on your depression, that you you wrote on your on your website that you recently had a kind of a stint for a couple couple of months with depression and you couldn't write. Now, obviously, because now we know that we kind of deal with that. Um, how do you snap out of it exactly? Uh, not snap out of it, but how how does it? That how do you get back into that normal? That was kind of weird because it, it wasn't. I think um, it wasn't caused by the depression. I mean, I think the depression stemmed from not being able to be creative for you know a couple of months. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, when I'm right. when I'm not creative, I feel terrible. You know, I, yeah. it's like I have Writer's to block. have to keep creating. Otherwise, you know, I just feel there's. I mean, as crude as it sounds, there's nothing to live for. I mean, I just, I live to be creative. That's that's what I do, you know? I mean, I'm sure, you know, many other people can relate to that because it's, it's what we do, right? You know? Yeah, purpose. Yeah. yeah I so, purpose. I mean, um, what happened with that was um, I just found that uh, I kind of just wrote myself into, into a corner, so to speak. I mean, it might sound a bit weird, but... Um, the, the kind of music I was doing and stuff, I just felt like it had all been covered and there was nowhere else to really go with it. And there was no inspiration from music I was hearing and and I needed some kind of new direction to go in and it just wasn't clicking. So it was one of those things where everything I started was just not working and I just had to sort of refocus. And um, in the end, I just forced myself to, to take a bit of time off and just... Um, just get outside and just, just you know, deal, deal with the Change other Change your setup. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you read much? You know, I, I try to, but I'm not a good reader at all. I mean, I, no, I don't mean that you know, I can't read. I mean, I'm just... No, I don't yeah, you just... You I don't, don't have the attention span for it. I mean, it's... It it's takes a lot of dedication. It's yeah, a, it's something, you know, I've always wished that I could sort of do more of, but I find myself... Um, Whenever I start doing something like that, I think, no, I should be creating. No, that's. that's <laughs> but there's off. a. There, I have this book. Um, Iggy and I actually talked about it, and I'm gonna probably bring it up probably every podcast here on out because I'm using myself as a guinea pig through this book's transformation, okay. like trying to make myself better. But um, it's an interesting book. It's really cool. Uh, I I recommend it to anybody that's creative and just hearing like what you're talking about with like hitting your dry spells or hitting the edge of like the level that you want to go. You know. And yeah. not understanding like how to get to the next one, and like this this book is called. Uh, I'll send you a text message of it, but it's uh, manage your day to day. Okay. Um, you know oh, about yeah. that? Yeah, Did you read right. that yet? Yeah, I, I I got it. Yeah, I no, I recently got it, but I started it. Yeah, and I skimmed through a little mm -hmm. bit, and I see that I'm gonna get this now. Oh, yeah, it's golden. It's got plenty. Of... What about what what about the art of war or the war the war of yeah, art? That's yeah, that's one that clicked really well with uh, you, Iggy. I I liked it. There's there's a couple yeah, things yeah, yeah. about what he was talking about that I was like, yeah. But uh, for the most part, um, if we're getting on the, the the tip of like hitting the end of yourself or you know like um, kind of trying to find that balance, I suppose what you're yeah. talking about. But like 
because I've had that before. I have it all the time, actually, too, because it's 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 uh, it's hard to reinvent yourself constantly, you know. Yeah, that's, that's something I've had to try and do ever since. I mean, it, it must. It's obviously a lot different for someone writing music as to you know doing like visual effects stuff. What you what you know what you do. I'm sure you still do it because you obviously strive to better yourself with every project you do, but. Um, yeah. Music is kind of a different animal because it's it comes in cycles. You know, there's what maybe kind of you know in one year is like you know not relevant like the next year. So that's movies. It's <laughs> movies yeah. get old in a yeah. week, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to make music too. I actually played like instruments for a long oh, time. Oh, that's right. So I've made oh, okay. Yeah. And, I, and I actually took like a summer. Um, I think it was like in 2000 I took like a summer I had like this little shitty laptop and I had like a MIDI controller and I just took the oh, summer I took a summer off of art and just made music and I made like 25 tracks but it was all fun it was just for myself and I played bass for like eight years prior and like played shows and all kinds of stuff cool. and experienced that but then going from those two worlds I had to give up music to to really focus on art because it was yeah. I felt like art was I had put more time and in, in my life into it and that was a when, when did you do that by the way you never you never really uh mentioned that like how you made the transition to art uh i don't know it's just i think i was going to college i was going to palomar actually just like a junior college over here and i decided that um it was just like i was playing That's shows with my band and it was like i had so much going on and i you know i'd go from the show then go back home and do homework and shit like that and just, just getting tiring of doing everything you know and i realized that i wanted a difference and so yeah. I think it was like probably like 2004 probably when I stopped doing that and I just started focusing on just going to college and focusing on that. But it wasn't I was never dedicated properly, but to get back to it, I feel like there's not a big difference to be honest just from doing both yeah. of them. Not doing like I didn't do I mean I guess I probably we didn't really make a lot of money, but like it was more like the art of creating and doing yeah. stuff on myself too and and, and hitting the wall. I mean, I constantly hit walls, like in movies and stuff, they're like, okay, like, we want this, this, and that, and this is our inspiration, and it's usually like the movie just that just got released, or something, you know, or right. so I, have to go, I have to go further, deeper into, like, what that means to me, and then how to, like, make them happy and stuff, but, yeah, it's 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 a different animal, but I feel like, from my experience, it's it's, it's music, and, and art, and creation itself is, is, it's all the same thing, like, it's... Yeah. It has I its ups so. and downs in many different ways. We're all just human. We have a lot of similar characteristics as we create. You know? mm. We get all these different uh, outcomes, right? You might feel a note where I feel is something completely different or you see a vision and I see something different. You know? That's that's what's the beauty of like uh, watching a film, right? You get to yeah, go exactly. in that person's you get that go in that person's mind and that person's taste. And that's the the good directors usually have the best taste or their best world or the best way of creating that world or the ability to get the right people together to capture emotion, you know? <clears throat> yeah, and it all gets translated differently to, like, different people, you know? Yeah, there's some amazing films. I mean, there's plenty of people that hate Blade Runner, and, like, you know, name yep. your favorite movie. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of people that hate that movie, you know? So there's, like, it's all subjective. Yeah. That's what makes it such a wild case, right? So it's... Yeah. But it, yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's funny hearing your story, because mine's the exact opposite, really. Cause, um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I went... I did... Um, I've got qualifications in the UK in like art and design and stuff like that. Um, I, when I was at school, that's where I studied. Then I went to college and did um, a national diploma in graphic design. Then I went to university to do my degree in creative imaging. And um, 
in the end, I ended up dropping out to focus on music. So. Can you talk a little bit more about that transition and why that happened? I, yeah. I think um, it was funny because my my parents weren't happy at the time, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> they usually aren't when you make a risk nah, like that. No, nah, because yeah. they were all just like, you, you know, why are you dropping out of university to try and, you know, make a career <laughs> writing music which doesn't sell? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, that's like a parent love thing, yeah. yeah. I know. So. I'd probably do that to my daughter, or she does that to me. But uh, I would hate that my mom would do that to me too. It's a weird parenting thing. Yeah, I, I think you know deep down they just want the best for you, and they think you oh, yeah, know, what path you're on at that time is better than the path you're choosing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's what it all boils down to. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, continue no, on. Like, so your parents were like hating on it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's... So yeah, my parents were. Um, you know, dead against, you know, where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. But I just, I felt, I just had so much more passion for the music I was hearing and what I wanted to create. And um, it, it just made a lot more sense to me that that's what I wanted to do. And so I just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, so I ended up um, dropping out, getting a few sort of crappy jobs to pay for equipment and stuff like that. And then um, just kind of learning my trade really. And, um, it took it took a long time to I mean even though I started releasing music in 1999 now um, it's it's funny because like the first sort of five or six years I don't look back on it and think yeah that's you know great music or whatever it's for me it's kind of a a learning curve something I was able to do to yeah. get where I wanted to be today you know you have to sort of get get your hands yeah, Feet, you have to put yeah. you have to put the time and effort in and you know i always feel like i'm 10,000 hour rule yeah right <laughs> yeah i always feel like i'm learning and you know try to better myself with every single thing i do so it's it's looking forward not backwards you know yeah did you have any influences uh when you when you made the transition was it somebody that like you you saw in music at that particular time that you were like okay you know what this, this is the dude. He's inspiring me right now. I gotta just drop um, it and go full on with there this. There was there was a number of of artists back then. That, I mean, I was I was heavily into sort of drum and bass back then. Um, I'm not really into it these days because I just don't like what it's become. But um, back then, I mean, there was uh, artists like Omnitrio, um, a lot of the stuff on Good Looking Records at the time. LTJ. Yeah, yeah, some of that stuff, you know. I mean, some of it hasn't, you know, aged well these days. But you know, there's still some real gems from that era that um, that were massive influences back then, you know. And um, mm -hmm. it was just just the mood and sort of emotion conveyed from that sort of music that just made me think, okay, I I need to do this. This is this is what I'm all about. Yeah, you just kind of it kind of clicked with you. It's really exactly. big, like drum drum bass electronic. It's really huge in the UK. Yeah, why do you suppose that is? Like, it's so different in comparison to like states. I think it's always been a UK music. Um, it it started yeah. in like London and Bristol, and um, I mean, there's there's different sort of stories of like how it started and who invented it and etc. And you know, I'm sure many people can tell different ones, but I think the the roots of it was you know very kind of urban music from two cities in the south of um, England and that's it it kind of spread spread like that but 
I'm not too sure why it never caught on in a big way in, in the States because it kind of had all the ingredients because it was a raw underground music that was fresh and new and there were plenty of US producers doing it but I don't know, it never had the um, the same vibe as that UK scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts in the UK. Even now, the music scene is just insane. I mean, you've got You've got the dubstep 170 BPM. You have the garage. I mean, it's it's crazy what's going on down there, and it's like spreading like wildfire. And it, even to the U.S. slightly, but it's the U.S. never no, catches I... on to that. Kind of like it, they don't. They like to follow their own path, so to speak, or do their own thing. Like take a little bit of the inspiration, and turn it. Yeah, into it's their like, own. or just use something yeah. of the worst and do like the. Current think, dubstep, you know. You know yeah, I think it's like you know how they kind of how the U.S. bastardized fucking dubstep and made it into this this horrible <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking EDM thing at the moment, which is just absolutely yeah. yeah. music. It really is, but you know, all the kids are going nuts to it, and it's filling up it's all candy. these huge yeah. festivals, and like people are overdosing on research chemicals and shit. But fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, you know, more power to them, I guess. But it's candy, you know. Yeah. But you know, you can't you. You kind of have to blame um, Caspa and Rusko a little bit, um, right? I, I guess so, but I mean, I lost I lost interest in in dubstep when it started to get real hard and abrasive, and all the dub was lost yeah. from it. So for me, I don't really know what sort of caused where we're where we're at right now with it, but it's much um, more like heavy heavy hitting and stuff. Like when you refer to the word dub, like are you talking about like kind of like this is just my interpretation, and I'm not sure I know the proper lingo, but like, like almost like the reggae, like the, the smooth right, beats, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, old, yeah. The, dub, the old dub, you know? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Artists mm -hmm. like Lee Scratch Perry and, you know, um, King King Tubby and yep. stuff like that. I mean, the okay, influence King was Tubby, from, yeah. was from like the Jamaican sound systems and stuff, and originally yeah. a, a dub was um, an instrumental version of a reggae track you know, and it was uh, it was all about sort of the beats and the bass rather. Bass, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where the term drum and bass comes from, because that's um, that's what it was essentially. It was just drums and bass, and it was all about you know hearing those big rhythms on like a on a huge sound system and um, and having that sort of bass really kind of rattle your chest and stuff. That's that's what it was all about, and then that that became like the cornerstone for dubstep. And then you know when you look at sort of what's classed as dubstep today, I mean, it's got fuck all to do with it now it's it's very very strange man seems like it's become uh, i always interpreted it like um the new age hardcore almost if you think about yeah. it it's got those really heavy breakdowns and like heavy hits yeah, yeah. you know and got it has the build-up like hardcore has the same progression when i grew up you say I grew hardcore, up listening do you mean, like, do you hardcore mean like, rock, a, like metal punk. yeah, yeah. Hardcore, right 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 yeah, because like parkour in the UK means like sort of rave and breakbeat from like night night two. Okay, yeah, yeah we have different interpretation. No, yeah. I mean like yeah. people screaming, like screaming and stuff like that. Yeah, people screaming. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, but I, I feel guess... like what's now. Yeah, it's it's like it's capturing like the teenage angst, the energy of the teenage right, yeah, angst yeah. kind of, and it's capturing that, and it fits well like for what it is. Like I mean, when I do jujitsu and stuff, like they'll be blasting like um, 
It's always like dubsteps, but usually blasting, usually. And it's like it has its has its moments, you know. I guess, but it's 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 so interesting to hear that. Ash, it's not dubstep. It's okay, bro, bro step. step. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah, and it has like you know, um, in all fairness, it has its place. I think in places like that, um, you know, everything has its place, you know. But, but it's it's cool to hear. It's interesting too, um, because I often find myself critiquing things um to the point where it's like almost a nausea you know like where you love something so much that you're willing to hate it you know what i mean <laughs> or like you yeah. you love something so much that you analyze it so yeah. much that you just eventually hate it yeah you know? dude and then you have like this really <laughs> it's like that weird thing there's a I, I think you've been in the states long enough to know what like scenesters are right and like the funny thing with like scenesters is like a person they <laughs> i read this like one line it was really funny they were saying like it's something that a senior senior said. It's like I saw a band tonight. It was all, I was the only one in the audience, and it was in a garage. And then I killed them and took all their albums after. So nobody knows who they are, but only me. Like it's like it's all about like <laughs> it's all about the oneness of like the coolness of just that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that weird obscurity. I, and I think almost, that applies to a lot yeah. of underground music, though. Oh yeah, of I mean. course. Well, that's the that's the lure of it, right? The lure of it is yeah. that it's not on the radio. It's not force fed. It's not e like it's not easy sure. to get a hold of. You have to be like dedicated and love it in order to get it, right? I mean, that's the that seems like the point at yeah. least that I yeah. get from it, you know. But what's cool, and I'm not trying to hate on it at all. I think it's cool to hear your interpretation because you come from a whole different. Um, like area you know where you mm. you like you have a whole different um, appreciation and love for the tones and the feelings and things that you get from it but i think when people take things too seriously it becomes really interesting and i'm i'm completely guilty of it myself so yeah yeah i i, I think you know when you sort of get deep into um any sort of creative media like be it graphic design or you know visual effects or music or whatever you know you you always gonna go as deep as you kind of want to go really and, and from that you know there's a kind of new love for it so to speak you know yeah i think you really i think what it, maybe what it is is like i look at things visually in my head it's like when you first hear something it's like a swarm of sounds and then you find out that you only really like two of those notes and you just focus on yeah. those notes and why you like those notes and why those notes go together <laughs> and it's like you know when i first grew up i'd watch all kinds of movies and then i realized the movies that i really like and then i focus on those movies and and but it's it's interesting it could be blinding though it can be in instantly blinding if you're not careful right you know it's like if mm. you blind yourself to be like this is the only good stuff and then you make it kind of like the gospel and then it becomes this really unhealthy fixation you know where you yeah. just focus on one thing and and i think that i think real true uh, pioneers of, of things look past that like they i think there's another evolution right you you, you become a very like um like a, you you kind of gra gravitate and, and and try to capture what it is that you think is great and then you make it a label upon who you are and then you eventually break through from that and then you realize that there's a bigger world out there once you get past you know your own ego or whatever it is i don't know what it is really necessarily mm. but i notice that there's i like to look and, and find and follow and just read about really important or special people in this world and usually it's like one of those they have like a breakthrough within themselves and a lot of the times it's when they realize that their own like take on things is, is not what they thought it was originally you know yeah speak, speaking of that yeah. um i 
recently watched, um, well, rewatched um, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, I fucking and... love that film. Me too. They just <laughs> talking about that. Interesting. Yeah, it was Sorry. actually it was actually your post on Facebook that made me go and rewatch it because I was like, oh shit, yeah, I haven't seen that in fucking years. So I, I went and watched it again, and it's just it's one of those things that you can just totally resonate with because it's all about you know devoting your life to your passion. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't get much purer than that, really. Yeah, the Japanese culture is one of my favorites, and it's they have yeah. a lot of those really just um, dedication. They have that really strong cultural dedication. It's just really impressive. Yeah, and that film is it just it just it complements all those beautiful attributes. You know, I love that part where he says that, um, and I feel I, I connect with that a lot. He says like you know when you're he says a lot of I hear a lot of people say like oh you know to their kids like if you don't succeed you can come back. And he's like, fuck that. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> yeah, succeed, yeah. tough shit, you go learn. You know? <laughs> and it's like, uh, that's the tough love because um, through your adversity and through your struggles, you really discover who you're, what you're made of, you know? Like, you rediscover really what it takes to be somebody strong, you know? And and then he his love for what he does, he's, he's made it his love, you know? I, if, I think some people, especially in the Western culture, would probably disagree and find it hard to to stomach that he kind of not forces his kids to follow his path but in in japanese culture it's like the oldest follows the the dads to, to sustain yeah the uh the, yeah the, but the that moment really you know with the older son he he really wanted to be the uh in the air force or wanted, pilot. Yeah, yeah. you could you could feel you could feel that he wanted that you know that one shot i think in the car when he's being interviewed yeah he he's in his heart you you feel that he doesn't really want to do the sushi thing, kind of. I mean, he kind of he. Well, it's, it's not like, the sushi thing. It's but, the see, best sushi thing yeah. ever. <laughs> it's <laughs> like yeah, he's, he's not just like no, making but, sushi. He's doing like he's making master like mastercraft work. You know. But wasn't wasn't that more down to? But the fact he didn't. That, you know, he said that he couldn't because of his eyesight. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is and, true. Uh, but then he wanted to race cars, but it was it, too expensive. In Japan, it is it's very expensive yeah. to do that. It's like four times more but than it, the states, I think. Sorry, yeah. it still felt it still felt like you know he didn't really oh, want yeah. to do it, even though he's he's already kind of a master. Well, the at pressure, it, right? The pressure because like they were saying, pressure, like yeah. even, when when Jiro dies and uh, his his uh, there's a strong chance that they'll get no more clients because nobody will think that after he dies they'll think that even his son, who's been taught by him for this X amount of years, is still not good enough. Yeah. You know. It's that it's that it's that acknowledging excellence kind of culture, you know. But it's very interesting though, and that's like that's. I mean, when I watched that movie, I connected with so many points of that, and it's something that I feel that really lacks in the states. I'm not sure if it. If I don't know anything really much about the UK, I don't know if it, you guys have something like that. But I feel like there's that's really, in my my opinion, there's a lot of there's a lot of things I love about my my country in America. There's I love I love America for so many reasons, but there's some things I feel that we lack and i think one of them is a strong um understanding of like those fundamentals that were kind of displayed in that film i think it, yeah. i think a lot of that is unique to japan though i mean when i when i was over there oh, yeah. 2000 uh, what no 2011 i was over there um i saw it firsthand and it was a massive massive eye opener it was just you know unbelievable to sort of see this culture and um just just like have it all around you you know and just get absorbed in it and 
they really are an amazing people. It's just, and it's a fast, fascinating place yeah. to sort of think go and see. Yeah. Now how, go ahead. Now, how does traveling um, influence your work for you, especially? Since you, you do get to tour. Yeah, I haven't actually done it for the last, um, well, actually Japan was the last big one I did because um, of various health reasons, which I won't go into on here, but... Um, um, That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it used to, I mean, it used to a lot. I mean, I've been kind of all over the world with um, my music, fortunately, and... Um, That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great for that. I mean, it's opened a lot of doors. I've met a lot of people, um, you know, some who I still call my friends to these days, etc. And um, it it really does influence you, you know, going to a new country, like seeing like things that you've never seen before or only just seen in pictures, you know, just experiencing it like firsthand. So cool. And and you know, coming back with like all this sort of inspiration, just sort of brimming, you know, because. You've just seen all this, all this new stuff, and if, you know it's just not more things to sort of add to your, to your memories, and um, which I feel is like a you know a pool to draw from when it comes to inspiration, you know. Yeah. Do you tend to do you tend to write music as you're as you're touring, or at least back then? No. You know when you weren't. No, I, I could. You see, so you just wait yeah, for the I moment. Yeah, I never. I can never to come back. really sort of get to grips with writing on a laptop. It just never felt right to me. I always wanted to have my full studio in front of me so I always yeah exactly so I've, I've always I mean I've sketched in the past you know just sort of you know put down a couple of ideas whether it be like a rhythm or you know a few kind of notes that go together and then then I can sort of incorporate that um, back into my studio and stuff but I mean these days you can do that a on iPhone apps and stuff so <laughs> yeah how do you think of that what do you think of all the progression because you've been doing this for a while and obviously seeing like the uh, the black hole that things have become yeah and I think that's why you know we talked about like the analog versus digital kind of aspect of things and I think that a lot of people um, cling to the analog because of the quote unquote simplicity of it and the rawness of that simplicity it's kind of, it's kind of like film film versus digital kind of the same thing yeah isn't it? But, you know, like we talked about loving something so much that you're blinded by it. That's a prime example where people love that yeah. too much, where they're blinded to the uh, opportunities. You know, that's why I was saying, like, I think with the current day, my observation of the current day, like, you know, whatever you guys want to call it, bro step or whatever. It's like it fits like at jujitsu, it fits really well. But like, yeah, I can see if you're like. You don't want to hear it at different occasions, you know, like, but if you want to get super amped up, you know, and you don't want to listen to like metal, it's got that same hard hitting thing. But to talk about it back about like, I can see why people that love analog versus digital have that kind of, uh, there's that same kind of thing, you know, that, that, that difference, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just, you know, what you just said about the whole sort of dubstep bro step thing, then you kind of hit the nail on the head really. Cause it is new metal it's just it is. it's new it's new it's kind disguise. of yeah it's just the new kind of mosh pit for the kids of this age you know just to go go nuts to you know yeah it's just slow enough where it isn't um mosh pit music though you know like i mean i grew up in metal i grew up with metal i, I was like kind of like the stuff that i grew up on like metallica and stuff like that okay and so and speed metal and all that stuff and i still like i, lo I love that stuff for what it is but there's a there's a total difference i've gone to like the bro step shows or whatever and seen it and it's a uh, yeah people 
like going from a really high energy like hardcore shows um in comparison to like going to electronic show that has that same energy it's it's because the beat the, the bpm i guess you would say it's just under the point where you can't like thrash you know what i mean that was what was cool right. about like the punk era was like all about you know who gives a shit grab your guitar it's not tuned who cares just strum it super fast and scream into the mic and then people will like lash out around you know <laughs> and the energy that that captures and, and why that's there you know it's so interesting that what music brings you know i just recently saw yeah. bjork and it was like the most amazing show um because she's one of my favorite artists but the thing yeah. that i really took away from that she was her it was like our biophilia show where she talks about her love of nature and like the creation of nature and like why music is like the most honest like communication that we have because it's kind of has it's like it's faceless but it's a feel thing you know and when you do it just right, right. it's like you've captured something really just significant you know yeah yeah definitely but she's think, amazing um, yeah i'm a big i'm a big bjork fan but um yeah i just wanted to go back to what you were saying about the whole um technology yeah. thing and yeah uh, please sorry it's jumping around um yeah it's it has been kind of very um I'd say it's been very good, you know, seeing all the changes um, since, you know, I started writing music on a very kind of primitive stuff back in the early 90s and stuff like that to where we're at now. But the one drawback, I would say, of it, it, it just it does open it up to like so, so many people these days. I mean, it seems like um, most consumers these days are also artists or trying <laughs> to be, or trying to be, you know, and cheapens fame when everybody's famous. Yeah, I guess it's oversaturated. I guess to a certain extent. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me that much because you know the cream's always going to rise to the top. So I mean, good, it's a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I always firmly believe that, and I always said to myself, you know, if you wanted something as bad as you do, you will get it, because it's all about dedication and, and focus, and just you know making it, making that your goal, you know, for your life. So I mean, that's that's always been you know what i've always wanted to do and to get where i wanted to get but i mean the technology side of things um just going back to that again is i don't know it's kind of a love-hate relationship with me with that because on one side of the coin it's like you know you've got all this amazing technology at your disposal and you can write i mean you could actually put together a track and release it in like no time at all these days but you know back in the day it was all about sort of crafting stuff and you know taking so much so much time to sort of create you know painstakingly create this sort of stuff and then having having like a i don't know this whole sculpture at the end of it which you know you're so proud of and um the then, time yeah and then then sort of you know the means that you'd have to then get in touch with like record labels via the phone or like <laughs> send, yeah. sending like dats or cds off to you know in the real in mail, the mail. Yeah. yeah, and then and then like, you know, <laughs> doing everything like speaking to people face to face and stuff. I mean, a lot of my early signings were, you know, I had to actually go to get on the train and go down to like the record label and meet with the the guys like you know face to face. And so cool I do, though. I I do kind of miss that, you know. Yeah, we've because... been meeting to meet up actually in person too, and we still haven't met. I know it's just it's just been one, <laughs> one thing after another. And it... well, it'll, yes, it'll it'll line up. But no, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that soon. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I just I do miss it because there was a real kind of sort of dedication and, and art to even like the business side of things back then to getting ahead. 
yeah. it was you know you had to sort of put the time and effort in and, and these days you can just you know write a track in like two hours like just get the mp3 on the on the internet and then send an email off to a label and you know if you're lucky you can get signed in the next couple of hours it's 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 kind of mind-boggling have, have you actually yeah. have you actually seen that happen like um i mean it's somebody you know not, maybe not really because i um, I'm kind of very kind of close knit with who I deal with. I mean, I don't, I don't allow myself to sort of. Um, well, I don't know if allow is the right word, but I, I don't let people sort of get in touch with me. And um, build... is is there a certain reason for that? I mean, okay, let me stop you for a, for a second. Hold, hold that thought, um, because I know in back around what 2009, you guys, you weren't. You were involved in autonomic podcasts with uh, D Bridge Instrumental, right? Um, was that, why did that end? <laughs> uh oh, controversy! <laughs> oh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I, honestly, <laughs> I mean, if, you, you know don't have to if it's something whatever, that's you want, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's that's a tough one to answer without really putting my foot in the shit to be honest um <laughs> let's, hey, let's well, just you know that's the thing with 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 things in life right we constantly have um yeah connections and disconnections you know with people and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad oftentimes with emotion there's a lot of bullshit so but yeah, if you don't want to if you don't want to dig into that you know whatever no, i mean I, I think that's a good way to put it like connections and disconnections what it all boiled down to was um people pulling in different directions and um you know some of them wanting to be on top and the others didn't like it when they were on top and in the end that was it it was just okay you do your thing we'll do ours okay that's it fuck you type of thing no <laughs> no it was just it was it was just four of you guys well there or... was um the two instrumental guys d bridge and uh, myself yeah. and uh consequence those were so there was like there was like oh, yeah, five of us right. who were like the main sort of um pillars so to speak and t to my understanding was was that the beginning of the new sound the 170 bpm the kind of yes. slower side of drum yeah very bass. much so i mean okay. i was i was writing a few things before this had all started and i'd sent them to um damon from instrumental and i'd mm -hmm. said to him okay what do you reckon and he's like okay we're going in a similar direction you know let's stay in touch and mm -hmm. that's it. it all kind of sort of blossomed from that and um became what it is today you know we've got this kind of new form of music which um um, sadly, to this day, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's enough people doing it now because after the hype from Autonomic died down, a lot of people just went either back to drum and bass or like went off to do like electro or house or whatever, you know, and um, it's, it's kind of, strangely, it's kind of been up to me to sort of keep the, the torch burning, so to speak, because there's no other labels or, you know, big enough artists that are really pushing it anymore so well if you love it you'll you'll just what? continue doing it you know of course just, yeah i mean uh, it's yeah. it's it's something i felt like passionately about ever since you know i started sort of dabbling with it and that was probably around about sort of the end of 2008 and you know here i am i'm still doing it still running um a couple of record labels myself and um you know devoting what i do musically in that sort of sphere to um to putting that kind of music out but you know, I, what eventually I do see what happens. I mean, what, what I want to happen is um, that this becomes a little kind of side project because I'll be focusing on like the film score stuff yeah. because that's 
that is where I want to be and that's my sort of main passion. Yeah, it seems like you're eventually going to go to that, you know? Yeah, it's. I think it's inevitable, so... Yeah, it seems like you're just you're. It's gonna eventually, like you said, inevitable. And you think? Do you, have you always had a dream for that to do that? Is that was yeah. that your original intention back then? And then it's kind of like starting to slowly come to fruition now. Yeah, it's funny actually. The um, it's funny that's how, kind of how the ASC name came about because. Um, oh, yeah, here was, we go. <laughs> Let's go. I want to know the story. Yeah, ask you, yeah. it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Actually, once you're done with ASC, uh, how about mind span analytics systems? I'd like to hear those <laughs> cool, next ones. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. About, um, <laughs> me and my friend Mike, who used to write music together from a real early age, we were like sort of dabbling around, like 12, 13, 14 years old, something like that. Um, and we would, just, you know, it was kind of like, as we were touching on earlier, Ash, when you know you have to sort of have a kind of moniker to sort of in underground music you just don't use your real name for whatever reason or whoever invented <laughs> that yeah but um so yeah butter stints. yeah 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 so i mean we were we were watching <laughs> we were watching a lot of um films back then i mean I've always, I've always been into movies and films and um at the end on the credits i see like asc after someone's name and at the time i didn't yeah. know what it stood for obviously now it stands for american society of cinematography Oh my god! I, awesome. I, I, didn't, I did not realize it. That's I did not awesome. realize it at the time, and I'm just like, I just like how the words sound. ASC, that's cool. All right, yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. So I started using that, and then um, because at the time I didn't, I mean this, this was like well before um, internet was like um, a standard sort of you know research tool or anything like that. So I didn't really kind of take it upon myself to look into what it meant. So I was just kind of like, all right. Okay, I like that. Let's use that. Let's go with that. And it was like years later when, when I finally got the internet. I was like, oh, let's have a look what it means. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's not <laughs> what I meant it to mean, but. <laughs> um, you can always change it too. You could have, you probably were like, I, oh, crap. But you're like, yeah. Well, to be honest, cool. over the years, I've, I've tried to come up with stuff like little acronyms, what it could stand for, but it always just sounds cheesy as shit to me. So I just, I've, I just, whenever anyone asks me what it means, I just say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, just just free words you know <laughs> yeah the mystery of it yeah the mystery of it there's that band afi i grew up with listening to it like when i was in high school like a punk band and they would change the name of american film yeah they'd go like uh <laughs> ant farm in indonesia or something like every time i would hear a new uh what do you call it, acronym is that what it is or a different uh what it means and it was it, that's what yeah, was yeah, kind yeah. of fun about it that's what's cool and i think that i don't know i mean you know the identifiers and the the things that we attach ourselves to are, are interesting you know it's it's interesting and it's cool it's funny and it's and it's rad and and i guess what is really beautiful about if you really get some hindsight and look at what's actually happening in your life is that you were sitting there thinking of your name and you're you're labeling yourself on something and then you were watching film and then the love of that and then you attach yourself to that and now look at your yeah you're actually following into the uh, self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> yeah well that's what it is right that's you know that's what yeah. we're talking about too it's like a lot of times if you if you you know like look at iggy like he's starting out with all this stuff but he's so dedicated and has his has his blog and if anybody yeah. listening that if anybody's listening to this and doesn't know his blog you should check it out it's really awesome um it's a uh, film school by commentary right wordpress oh film school through commentaries that's it okay but the through is written T H R U. You're so gangster, dude. Like Limp Bizkit over there. Such, such a rebel. Z Limp Bizkit. Yeah, yeah. 
No, the, the the reason actually it's through is because it's too long. It anyway. is super it's fucking like, long. I was like, "What is that?" I can't. It, it took me a minute to find it one time, and I was like, "Damn it, Iggy!" <laughs> Cut out a few no, letters. Fine. But I mean, uh, but what I was getting at is like, yeah, if you if you um, just it's self motivation yeah. though. That's the only reason. Like no fame, none yeah. of that shit. Like I posted up just to get myself motivated, because I know if I if I wouldn't wouldn't have that leverage in myself i would kind of give up yeah well, so it's kind of like a managed yeah, day today it's so vital know? do you have people james in your life that you um can kind of like a mentor or people that are around you that you aspire to be that you are in your normal circle or um do no, you have not, that not really to be honest no, you need that you need to get that dude yeah it's so important it's, man it's strange i mean ever since um i started doing this has been no one to help me it's always just been me just learning myself doing try to get better and better and um could, could you could you talk more about that because this is kind of like you you know it's type yeah. it's a little bit similar in my situation is like i i'm i didn't really go to school okay. for this stuff what i'm doing but i'm doing everything on my own it's kind of hard yeah to how did you approach that for you for obviously you're doing music and mine is a little bit more visual but still it's the same process yeah as, as i said earlier you know i think it's it's one of those things if if you, i've always said to myself you know if you want something bad enough it's going to happen and you yeah. know if you if you've got the talent for it then you know then you're one step ahead anyway so so it's that's always been like um my mantra so to speak and um was that like it came to you um, naturally, or you heard it somewhere? You somebody inspired you? No, that I, way? I think I've. That you like. I think I've always it. had this that is... sort of um, that musical talent because. Um... No, no, no. I mean mentality. Oh, the, mentality the mentality of too. it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know really. I think. I think that's just something that's that's um, that I've told myself over the years. Um, I, I I may have subconsciously like heard it somewhere, but. Um, I don't, I don't. I don't know well, if I can sort of attribute it to anything. I think. Mm. Did you, Did you find that when you first started doing the music and you um your first signing, or uh, it kind of um helped you realize that that hey you know I worked hard for this now I'm signed yeah yeah I do more and it's it's it just gets easier down right, the line right, yeah yeah I mean it's. Mm -hmm. As with anything, it's all about networking, you know. And I've always been able to sort of to sort okay. of network myself and um, uh, present myself in a likable manner, I suppose. So um, it's it's always been it's always been kind of easy once you sort of get your foot in the door and start getting the ball you know ball rolling and stuff like that. But um, yeah, back then it was. Um, I mean, I was still like in high school when I was like writing music and like you know when i first sort of really sort of got into it and um and there was there was a group of us probably about five or six of uh, my friends that were all kind of into the same music and we were all like you know trying to dj at the time and stuff like that um i ended up on a pirate radio station when i was like 15 years old with a friend of mine and um yeah. that was like the beginning of it all because we were like okay you know we've We've made a sort of first step into this, so to speak, and um, that was like a platform to build on. And so we started like, writing tracks, and then you know the, it was always like the goal and the dream to sort of get signed. And 
you know, it was kind of like one of those pipe dreams back then, you know, wouldn't it be great if we got signed, you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be fucking amazing, you know, and, um, that goal, yeah. Yeah, putting, yeah. Like putting so, that piece of cheese out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it must it must be insane, though, for, I mean, just for both of you, I'm looking at you, because Ash and you, you are, you've, you've, you've made it pretty much, and it's, it must be so awesome just to look back at that time wanting it badly and then it never goes away you know it's like i don't know i mean i i never class myself as you know i've made it i mean i never that never kind of enters i mean successfully you're there you're not like starving no 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 it's just making a living out of what you love but it not being a factor why you're why you're doing it exactly it's just for the love (laughs) of it but the bonus, the bonus is the money. Right. You know, well, I mean, when it comes to that, I think I think Ash is probably doing better than I am. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, it's yeah. it's it's tougher. It's tougher in different music. levels. It's tougher in music because um, it's just not on a grand scale as um, as like visual effects. I mean, you're talking about. Yeah, it is, man. It is. Look at Hans Zimmer, dude. Yeah, you don't even want well, to yeah, see well, that that's, that's, account. Okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's, where, that's when you've made it. That's when you've totally made it. When you're yeah, yeah that's level. true. I mean, that's, that's something to aspire to big time. Yeah, but there's like, you know, like, what if I try to compare myself to like uh, James Cameron or Steven Spielberg, you know? It's like I'm just an ant, you know? So no, no, there's no. different <laughs> levels to it. Yeah. Sorry, course. I don't mean to contradict you. I like to, I like to, I like to be the uh, devil's advocate on all of this stuff. No, no, no. Myself. That's, that's, I think that's cool. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's, it's a good thing to sort of, you know check yourself and um sort of you know reassess where you're at and stuff like that and where yeah. you want to be but you'll um, be cautious of your words right your words become your actions and then you eventually create a bubble true. for yourself you know and then if very you create true. a strong enough bubble you get stuck in it and you fly away <laughs> and then, yeah. you re- then you're like damn you know like you miss all you miss certain things you know at least that's uh, that's the way i look at it i used to say lots of things like that and then i realized the power of my own words coming out of my mouth became really powerful because i eventually stopped saying those like anything that would be like a limiting you know because uh i read a quote you know i can't i'm not getting it right but quotes are like my favorite thing because they're like this big awesome it's like a it's like a book but it's comprised into one sentence you get so much depth out of it because there's multiple interpretations to the, the different levels of your life and you know you can apply it every day but i think it was something bruce lee said uh i'm a big bruce lee fan he's one of my favorites yeah. And uh, I think it's a book called The Warrior Within. I'm looking at it right now. It's a it's a really sick book, and it's a it's kind of like his whole like mantra or his kind of like his his whole outlook on things. But anyways, and the the, the the thing I took away from it, from what I remember, he he said like you're the only person in the way of your own goals. You know, like that wasn't yes, like that's, I like that. That's good. But that's it though. It's so true, and I didn't realize it before that. I was very much self sabotaging with that, where I'd create walls and. I'd create like limitations upon myself, you know, and then I didn't realize that the most, the strongest thing in this world is myself. And I didn't realize like, you know, it's like that Neo moment when he realizes like he can break through the matrix and like alter time. It's like silly to say that, but that always, every time I think about when I had that breakthrough personally, internally, I was like, it was like literally like the Neo moment. I was like, I was like in my head and I was like, whoa, I just kind of, uh, everything fell like all the all the bricks and everything kind of fell yeah. and i realized the power of my own yeah. words you know and then i was like you know i want to go make movies and then uh 
what a what a really ridiculous thing to say you know but it's happening so it's on it's, it's <laughs> not it's, exactly it's manifesting doing it, it's, it's doing it yeah well i'm working on other people's movies but now i want to make my own and create my own stuff with friends and families people well ash the stars are aligning yeah, for you yeah of course anyways, and it's so. and it's but I, if, I didn't, if, if I didn't say those things, if I didn't really believe that quote, and I, I wasn't ready for that impact, what it was going to give me, and I'm, I'm, I'm implying here, I'm implying a ton, and I, I apologize if I'm jumping to plenty of conclusions here, but no, I think, um, I think that's that's good, man. I mean, it's it, just from touching what you were, what you were saying about wanting to make your own stuff. I mean, that's kind of been a, a goal of mine all along, just you know having this network of like of close friends and colleagues that you know you could work with, and you know create this team to do stuff and i mean because i mean I've, I've been chatting with, you know neil obviously who's been on the on the show i mean neil's a yeah, good yeah. friend of mine and um um we've been chatting since oh since he was back in australia actually um okay you he, guys known each other for a long time yeah he i used to run an old an old drum and bass label um called cova operations and that was um that finished yeah, yeah. back in 2008 and he got in touch with me about 2006, I think. We'd um, started doing this um, limited edition vinyl series, which we were like selling direct to customers. And um, he got in touch and said that he would like to contribute some artwork to um, to the vinyl labels. And he sent me some stuff, and I was like, okay, this is this is brilliant, and it fits with what we're going to do. But um, unfortunately, we didn't end up ending that because, um, sorry, using it because the series ended and um, just through like manufacturing problems and stuff like that. And um, obviously, with me changing direction and stuff like that. But um, we just kept in touch ever since. And then um, he contacted me out of the blue and said, um, "Yo, I'm living in LA." And I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, <laughs> really?" So, so yeah, I went up and um, I met him, and um, he introduced me to Jeff Rona, who um, just done the uh, soundtrack to that film Phantom. Mm, okay. Just just came out recently with David Duchovny and Ed Harris. Uh, I haven't actually seen it yet, but I haven't um, seen it yet either. Yeah, it's cool though. Yeah, but I'm definitely planning. I'm definitely yeah, planning I on watching it just it. because it, it's got my friend Jeff, and he's done the um, soundtrack. Submarine right, film, yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I met him, and then obviously, you know, I got into the whole Liquid Cinema thing, which is um, Jeff's little um, publishing and music in-house operation, um, where he gets other artists and people that he really likes to to contribute stuff for him, and that's been really good because the music for pictures thing that I did for him, um, that got picked up by uh, a lot of a lot of cable programs, um, stuff like. Uh, Oh, the Daily Show with John Stewart. There's stuff on that. Um, there was stuff on uh, that Parks and Recreation. Portlandia. Or like that? that was it. No, no. Yeah, oh, Portlandia. There was stuff on that. There was. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head at the moment. There was stuff. Oh, just go on your own blog and read the stuff. Did, did I write on there? <laughs> Remember you broke? Yes, you did, man. Uh, he's calling you <laughs> out. <laughs> oh man, that's actually good. I mean, I I write so much and do so much stuff. I do I do forget that what I've actually um put out there put out there on the net. If you know what I mean. So you're pretty active on Facebook too. I notice. I've actually started to cut it out. I'm trying to cut it out to only like maybe giving it like 20 minutes of my day max. Um, and the Twitter Facebook, too. The Facebook is active, mainly huh? it's mainly just for promotion for my artist and label pages because to 
to put out music in this day and age, especially when you're still like doing like um, formats like you know twelve-inch vinyl and CDs and stuff like that, which is very important to me because I I don't want to get to the point where I'm just releasing digital music because it's just <laughs> files. Yeah. You know, I, as an artist, I want something to hold in my hands for tangible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, for that, it's that not kind enough of to have a sound, though, huh? No. I mean, I, 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 that's what's interesting too. I went when I decided to stop painting and all that stuff and just went straight to digital. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that, or that release, you know. But then I was like, yeah, I haven't looked back though. <laughs> and I, and I, when I see yeah. pieces of art that are painted and stuff, I'm like, that's awesome. But um, and I love to draw in my sketchbook, but yeah, once I, I gave up. But that's cool. It's interesting to hear that though, because uh, we all have different limits, you know, our different different levels of like what we're willing to put up with with our own creatives, you know, like. Yeah, I, I think things will be different well, once you know I'm doing like film stuff because it's a total different media, and you know, you're working in a different environment and. What I'm, what I'm expecting from that is not what I'm expecting from underground music, you know. So yeah, well, you're a part of a team now. You're you're a part of the cog right, exactly. in the machine. Yeah, That's and, it. be, and it's a big machine. Uh, uh, the music and film is obviously. I think it's like eighty percent of what the film is. Honestly, you you know, try to watch Star Wars with it on, without a score. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, but it won't yeah. be nearly yeah. as amazing as it was. You know, the music is just so p phenomenal. It's like a good, a good, a good com a com uh, comparison. It's like, look at like the new Star Wars. They didn't, they didn't have anything to it. No. They didn't have, they didn't have that same original, you know, am amazing sound and feel, but the original ones did. It was so space opera style and so like theatrical and large, larger than life. But then like one of my favorite scores is to, um, there will be blood uh johnny stuff it's just it's so uh deep man you ever you ever sit back and listen to that just the score yeah it's like cacophony it's like cacophony so, but it's it fits so the mood good. it fits the mood well, i heard that yeah, when, it's, uh, it's one of those things i haven't really sort of delved into i've listened to on a surface level but not really kind of you know sat back and like absorbed it yeah you should check it out man i yeah, don't know I will, like i, I mean i think he captures that but perfectly watch it with the you know, well, the apparently film. i think when uh P.T. Anderson, I think, brought him on for that film, and then uh, I think he had made stuff. This is just from, from things that I heard, but he had he had made some tracks or whatever to go over it. And at first, uh, he was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, you know, <laughs> it was very abstract and different. But eventually, <laughs> it kind of gave the film its like feel. Like, if you watch that film, it's I mean, it's one of my favorite films, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's a really it's brilliant piece of modern day cinema. Um, because the pacing, the way it's put together, obviously, in the story and what it's actually telling. It's very classical, though. Classical. It's very yeah, classical. classical. But it's so well put together. But anyways, like, if you listen to, like, the music and you really see what he, kind of emotions, it's very much a, like Radiohead. I love Radiohead as well. And, and, and um, like, they capture emotion in a really weird, interesting way. There's some Radiohead songs that just kind of hit. They just Agreed. hit emotion, you know, with yeah. Tom's, Tom's voice and the way he sings and and the notes that he hits and progression, the chord progressions and then the hits and all that stuff. It's he, I think uh, the Johnny guys is a big part of like um, how that stuff comes across, you know, yeah, to the, the listener, you know, same thing with uh, Aphex twin, his ambient stuff, especially. I mean, it's crazy. Like you should guys look up on YouTube, uh, Aphex twin at mm, Mets. Yeah. It's M. ETZ. There's one track that was recorded. I think it's his new work that he played live in Japan. 
there's some notes on there that are just it's like they they they, they go off key, but it creates this unexplainable like feeling. It's like it's like jazz and, and jazz kind of like yeah. But he's always jazz. master of that though. Not jazz, but he's a, yeah he's a he's a yeah. master. I mean I, I don't know how he fucking does it. It's insane. Like the guy's brain is yeah it's just just how he's just how his mind works, isn't it? You know, yeah. just to have that idea of putting like. A certain combination of notes together to create like something that yes. hasn't, well, not that hasn't been done before, but just hasn't been done in the way that the only he could he can do it. Exactly, you know? and that's that's the beauty of creative media and art. You know, music, everything. There's always different combinations and ways of doing stuff that other people don't connect with, and then you know suddenly someone else comes along and does it, and it's like, oh wow. Yeah, it's that mm -hmm. contrast thing too. That's one thing that's interesting too, and especially like working in like mainstream media and film and stuff on a big scale is that it's always funny how like what's really in and then what becomes the next like in thing, you know, and, and mm -hmm. fighting that, those kind of things and um, those different dualities of like how interesting it is. Like, you know, it's just people latch on to certain things when it becomes, when it comes to consumerism and all that kind of stuff, it gets kind of out of hand, I think. But for guys like the Apex Twin guy and stuff, I think it's more naturally for, he just seems like a, that's just him, you know? Yeah. And that's what makes it so beautiful is he's not trying to be anything other than himself, it seems, you know? He's not like trying to be like, Oh, I want to be like Skrillex, and so I'm gonna be like, you know, like. <laughs> if 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 anything, he has influenced more electronic artists than Skrillex. Oh yeah, well, sure. probably probably real artists, so like you know, probably real, and not, not, not real, to talk yeah, shit or anything. I mean, everything has its has its place in this world in its own way. You know, like yeah. there's Michael Bay films, and then you get Paul Thomas Anderson films. You know, like, and both have their point of in perspective. You know, oftentimes I find myself sitting in theaters, and I'm like, this is bullshit. And I realize, you know what, this isn't made for me. I'm I'm like I'm 30 years old now. I'm not a 15 year old nerd. You know, like, yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's like it's not made for me anymore. I'm not supposed to like this. You know. Yeah, that's it. That's a, I'm not supposed to enjoy this, you know, and th therefore I have to find what I really do enjoy, you know, and, and what that is and what that means to me personally, you know, and, and understanding what that is, you know, but yeah, the Apex Twin guy is just out of control. And then yeah. the perfect sync up when he was uh, with Cunningham and stuff, and it was really perfect, perfect, oh, yeah, yeah, perfect of match of visual. They're, perfect per matches. they're perfect. It's a perfect bromance <laughs> with them yeah, too. Yeah, per perfect blend. Are you, uh, so with your, with your, um, your new endeavors with the film and stuff, have have you been able to meet with the director in person and kind of yeah I have read yeah. it read the script have you got a chance to yeah to I've, absorb I've had, yeah the script so I gotta say it really um, really just kind of sealed the deal I mean I was always I was always gonna do it anyhow because it was gonna be my first break but um, just having read the script and just like knowing what's gonna happen and everything it's just like okay this is gonna be brilliant if it's done right Good. you know he's pushing he just you have like a lot of good contrast and emotion and kind of yeah it's good it's I mean, obviously, I can't really talk about it. Yeah, too yeah, much, please but, don't, um, don't, don't. You're not supposed to. I, but I just, I just can't wait to see if it is realized the way I hope it's it's gonna be because um, it could. I have full faith. It could be a, <laughs> it could be a brilliant, brilliant film. I mean, I just hope that it is, and I hope that you know I can do what I can do to to do my part in that you know elevate yeah it, it will be epic if you put your i mean it'll be epic at your own level you know like you can't necessarily control all aspects of that kind of creative process because it's yeah. so big but you all you because music is like i think i have a per, I, I personally think is like 80 to 70 percent of like the experience of film is, is the, the sound 
um, yeah. it, you you know you you have a good push on what you're going to try and do whether you're going to be heavy-handed with it or more limited or more um, vast and, and, and different and try to pull instruments and sounds from different things that one of the things I recently watched on um, one of my favorite composers that Cliff Martinez but how he was like talking about the Christophe Bachet I think it was the crazy uh, there have you did you see that video I think I posted it up but he's where he's playing like these crystals on his fingers with like water and then they're playing these like really warm large sounding like spacious sounds it's amazing. I, actually, I don't think I actually did see that, but I have seen. I think it was Cliff. Um, there was something. I think he was like pay, playing. Um, have you heard of an instrument called the hang drum? Yeah, I think that was another one. This is another interest, interesting instrument that he plays. But yeah. What's What's it look like? It's It's kind of like a. Uh, it's kind of like a wok, like two woks, like upside down, like compressed together. It looks like this kind of sort of miniature kind of ufo this silver thing and it's got like um indents all the way around it ah okay so where you kind of hit different ones you get like different notes and stuff like that that's awesome i think but i mean this we'll have to post yeah. a picture because yeah is not... no but he, he yeah he, he's like keen on that stuff i'll send that to stuff maybe it'll be a good food for your soul for all this kind of things because i think yeah you're obvious he also he like what's cool about him and what i think is important to take away from what he his contribution besides the fact that i think he's i don't use this word very much but i think he's a bit of a genius with that stuff because he, he manages to really capture mood and, and intensity and, yeah, he's and brilliant. He's one like of my the favorites. Solaris. I mean, the soundtrack to Solaris is oh, it's fucking perfect, man. So, have you heard the uh, Wicker Park soundtrack? Yeah, that's another great one. Love super, oh, super good. Love yeah, that. I mean, that's what made the movie good. You know, yeah. like that's a remake actually of a French film with uh, Vincent. I heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to watch that. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I think I think it's actually called Apartment. <laughs> the Park Bench. Yeah. That... yeah. No, not the Park Bench. Apartment. Oh, apartments. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. What? Hey James, I have a question for you yeah. real quickly. Like on the the light that um, burns twice yeah. as bright, is is I think on the first track. I'm not sure, but is that your wife on the the lyrics there? Like the laughter. No. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, know, what I'm I know exactly about? what you're talking about. What? No, it's a sample from um, uh, Tarkovsky's um, Stalker. Nice, nice. How how is your process on um, you know when you create ambient? Um, music, any kind of music actually, do you sample a lot? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How much sampling do you do? Um, It really depends on the track in question. I mean, it's, it's, It's you know, once, once I've got like the the sort of bed of a track, it's what I feel it needs. You know, sometimes I'll just take a field recorder out and just, you know, sample stuff going on in a street or, you know, going to the city or something like that. And just, get sort of random sort of ambience and stuff like that and then add it to the track but other times you know it it's just about like sort of creating layers you know i mean i, I see music very much like um like photoshop like how yeah, you're creating it in, in like, layers yeah you're like i'm gonna add some red yeah. right here or this is missing that or exactly, the composition. exactly. Yeah. and then in so the end you, you end up kind of chipping little bits away and stuff and you know it's as i said you know to go back on what i said earlier about the sculpture thing it's like that it's you know you constantly chipping away and sculpting yeah, and adding clay removing clay i think yeah. that one quote i love from michelangelo says like there's just the form within that he reveals it you know like 
it's like that's such a yeah, 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 what yeah. a fucking powerful mind man like you like yeah. you know for 99.9 percent .9 of the populace look at a big piece of granite it's like that's a fucking piece of rock i'm gonna go off and go eat an apple or something whatever you know and him in him he's like uh -huh. he sees this amazing strong like x-ray vision it's, like, <laughs> and it's focus you know it's, it's 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 intent with focus you know and, and and all these really amazing people have it, you know, and, and to talk back on my point with like Cliff, what I was saying, what he does too, to take away from what his inspiration, like what I get from him, besides the amazing amount of work that he's created and stuff is that he seems to connect the digital with the um, analog really well, like, like, like perfectly. And I'll send you the link because there's a link where he talks about how he uses these interesting, like sound warping programs to kind right. of create these really ambient, like, kind of they don't feel digital because of um the way that the program's set up to oscillate sounds and stuff but it's really cool though and i think you'll really dig it i think right now you probably just need to consume as much of this kind of shit as you can i'm sure you know it's just yeah exactly for it sits in the back of your mind as you create this stuff i'm sure then one of the one of the guys that i um and i'm not i'm kind of a noob with all this stuff uh, iggy shows me a ton of this kind of music but uh, one of the guys that i listen to and i i love and i still love it probably always will love is the music and the sounds that he creates is that burial is his name burial oh burial yeah, burial. yeah. oh yeah. Burial. that stuff is good man the yeah, first time i ever right. heard that Dude, i was like what's... oh this is my shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he captures the mood man. what is up with that guy man i mean is, is he even real <laughs> i no, mean people is. question if have you have you uh, met him? I mean, do do people inside the industry kind of? I haven't actually I haven't actually met him, I mean, but um, I know that he was working on a couple of tracks with um, instrumental and Debridge at a, a certain time, and um, he's one of those kind of crazy sort of lone genius guys. I mean, he's I mean just the way he writes music is um, kind of crazy. I mean, um, very yeah, but I mean, he doesn't even use like um, a sequencer like. You know, like most people do, he 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 uses like Soundforge. He's the new that don't know what that is, Can you kind of explain that? Please? Well, Soundforge is just is just a, an audio editing tool. Like for instance, you would sample into Soundforge and like save um, you know samples to then use it in like a, a traditional sequencer like Cubase mm -hmm. or Logic or something like that. But um, basic audio yeah, it's, editing. it's just program. an audio editor. So what he does, he's from what I what I've heard from like um what um al from instrumental was telling me that he has like all these multiple instances of it open and he's like doing little bits here and there and he's just like copying and pasting to this huge sort of collage in like one window and it's just i don't know and it's... it just works for him i mean i just it's it's kind of strange there's lots because... of samples so yeah let me like it, yeah is it yeah. A... is it a new kind of um approach to that or has it uh, have people tried it before him or I, honestly is that, i have no idea this was the like... first time i'd ever heard of anyone like putting music together in like a non-conventional way like that and cool but, yeah. but i mean obviously when you listen to his stuff it doesn't half fucking work doesn't it <laughs> you know yeah yeah like that's what's <laughs> really? cool right yeah what's cool is that you don't you don't that doesn't that doesn't strike you know like doesn't you don't think that and that's one thing i loved about it is like i have a problem with a lot of the digital stuff my personal preference is a lot of times it feels very like automated you know it feels very much like right. click to click to the beat you know and with his stuff it has like it had like the offbeat weird it's kind of off yeah weird things and the way that he like would would 
he would take like his samples that sound like you would like warp their speed up and down like on the cue you know and it just kind of mm -hmm. like would twist their pitch you know and it I just love those kind of things you know I like I, I love the feel and, and the overall feel like he the sensation that he's able to capture is like very good dude very good it's very emotive. Yeah, it's very cool, man. And so I don't know. Is that he's he's considered? What is this kind of music? What is that? Originally was a kind of branch of dubstep, I, I suppose. I mean, because he came out on um, Hyperdub, which was one of the biggest dubstep labels oh. back when dubstep was dubstep. And um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, to to this day, I mean, the last release he put out was almost um almost had like a four four kind of beat to it mm. in in areas. I think he's working on an album or something this year. Right. Or people are talking about that. He should do a soundtrack <laughs> too. No, what's your? He would freaking <laughs> nail it, man. Yeah, he's he's definitely got the uh, got the right ingredients, you know. What's your... the feel? You know, that's the kind of music I like to put on like late at night and just kind of smash through the night, kind of with that weird emotion, kind of mm. pulling all those weird thoughts out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is? Hey James, what is your um? Uh, have you tried getting into um sound design in films, like you know Prometheus? Yeah. Prometheus. <laughs> no, no, but actually no. When the when the engineers when the engineer uh, hologram gets oh, where activated, he plays the flute, some, he's a fucking, fucking some really nice. Eggs. No, not yeah, that, okay. not the flute, bro. Not Dude, the flute. Come on. The very first That's time. The very so first cheesy. time. When the engineers get do, 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 no, do, do. hear, hear the eggs, me, Easter eggs. It's asshole here. <laughs> it's fucking asshole. It's because you love Prometheus, and I just like mess with you. About no, it. that's not do, what do, I'm do, getting do, at. Do, do, I'm not, not the flute. Yeah, Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic Easter eggs in a flute. Get me out of here with that, man. Um, <laughs> I'm just but, fuck yeah. Go, what going. you're saying about that is um, yeah, I. I actually One. do um, a lot of sound design myself because um, I'm very big on creating sounds with my own synths and just trying to do like stuff myself rather than um, you know sampling other people's stuff like that because I think you just get a more unique vibe from your own stuff. So yeah. I've, I mean that's when I did that um, those PSAs for Richard Sears as well and uh, all the sound designing that I did myself as well. Awesome. So there was there was like all the background music and then there was all like the audio cues to like when this when the text pops up on the screen and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, that was all um, sound design that I did myself. But um, it's weird. I was I was actually just chatting to um, a friend of mine the other night about um, the word sound design. It seems at the moment like it's like a buzzword within kind of um, underground music. Like when people are complimenting, oh great sound design here. When it's like when really you have no idea if this guy has created the sound here or it's just, <laughs> just like you know some vst or i don't know it's i don't know it seems to be a, a bit of a buzzword at the moment which is um kind of funny but but yeah it's uh it's, it is though all this stuff it usually yeah is. yeah it's, yeah so people are trying to cling to something that they can't really understand usually yeah uh, the general, you know, general populace, because there's so many facets, you know, with this kind of stuff. As obviously, as you know, I love yeah. the the one thing of sound design that I do remember like profoundly is like I think it was like in Star Wars where they were talking about the pod racers and they was talking like how you would like clap like 
spoons together and then slow it down and then like add all this reverb and then speed it up and change the time or it was like and then how he got that sound of it i was always like what the hell like that's so yeah. cool like to think about how you really create <laughs> sound you know like adding a multiple different jets from different jet engines and like lower tones and then adding it's just like you know it's just painting with sound and at the same time like i said there's no difference really with all this stuff i feel it's all the same thing really it's all just us expressing one another ourselves to other people and trying to convey emotion and if you're really good at it then you you can actually hit like emotional tone you know yeah that's the key of it yeah i think Rid ridley scott was on Blade Runner, they they started that whole thing with um, syncing sound to to visuals. Like he 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 had his sound designer just create create sounds, just no different than you know clapping like spoons together and changing the pitch and time and adding flex to it. And they added that sound to the lights, mm. the hovering lights, and through the windows. And Makes I sense. think it spawned, mm. yeah, and, and that whole. Is that how you're gonna? Is that how True. you're going to approach it? You're going to probably get like dailies and stuff back and, and start to kind of like capture the mood and the feel of things and kind of go through that. Are you kind of a, like Iggy and I, like we like to read and do tons of research and kind of nerd out to the, to, to the point of nausea to understand this stuff, you know? <laughs> Are you kind of similar or do you kind of like to go blindly into these things and kind of see a, what a happens? A bit of both. A bit of both. I mean, when it comes to sound design, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say like you know I'm an expert and I know everything because that'd be stupid, but um, <laughs> it's um, it's something I've dealt I've you know delved mm -hmm. into quite quite a bit since I've been um writing music and I mean there'll be certain times where you know where you don't have the inspiration so instead of um like writing a track you know I'd sit there and start creating sounds instead. So I mean a good example of this was um I once sampled um that you know Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Sample <laughs> laugh, and then and then made a button, made a Shut bass up, tone dude. out of it. <laughs> That's perfect, <laughs> and it worked. It worked. It really worked. You know, it was... That's so good. <laughs> Geeking out. <laughs> it was like my favorite show growing up, dude. Uh, me too. I loved dude, it. Beavis and Butthead was the show. <laughs> like, how how old are you, James? Uh, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay, you're five yeah. ahead of me. So. Yeah. That was this show. That was like that was when MTV actually was something. Yeah, exactly. It's something that was good, you know. Like, well, I don't even like know what it is now. I don't think I'm supposed to anymore. I guess so. Nah, definitely not. It's it's, it's definitely not for crime. us. Yeah, yeah, it's. I don't think it's actually been a, a music television for what like 30 years now. <laughs> Since <laughs> people in my head stopped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like that was when it was in his prime, in my opinion. But yeah, <laughs> that's perfect though. That's so cool that you use that. Well, I have to wrap this up. I want to. Um, cool. Oh, oh, is there uh, is there anything else that you definitely wanted to make sure you got out? Um, and I want to also make sure that people know how to get a hold of you if they need to, if you care to, if you want that, and then where to go to find your music, to buy it, or to support you, or to get a chance to check it out. Yeah, um, I mean, if um, if any sort of budding directors and stuff um, want to work with me on like sound stuff, you know, I'm more than open for that. I mean, what I was getting at earlier was the um, with like not being like contactable. That that's more to do with um, running a record label because of the amount of um, demos you get sent, mm. and most of them are unsolicited, which is you know it just gets to the point where you try to deal with like like 70 or 80 demos a week, and it's most of it you know it's just not good so <laughs> what i mean what what i was talking about with that was just um the fact that 
I have like my own crew of um, people that I like to work with, and I just like keep it like close knit with that. So That's yeah, good. just 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 to clear that one up, anyhow. But um, yeah, for like anyone who wants to sort of get in touch with me and um, um, hear what I'm all about, then um, feel free to email me at asc at auxiliarymusic.com. Awesome. And yeah, they can get a hold of you and, and your and also for anybody that is interested, like you said, and if they have like <clears throat> I'm I'm not I'm, I don't know if I don't want to sell you on this, but I yeah. think like you're what you're kinda of saying is that if you're like a you're making films or you're developing something and if it's to your liking and you guys feel a good connection then you'd you know Exactly, you'd, you know, like, I mean you wanna make you kinda of wanna get your miles, right? You wanna get your miles in with this stuff, you wanna get some time and experience and with you know That's right? it, I, I wanna do as much as I can with this because this is where I'm going, so you know it's it's imperative to me to get as much experience, you know, with all this sort of stuff, and you know that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's important. Well, I think the yeah. film, I think the film will open up a lot of doors. Yeah, I put your so. heart into it, man. You just put your heart into it and really dive deep into yourself. That's, I'm sure that's, that's the only way I know, Ash. Anyway, <laughs> there you go, and that's all that's gonna. T- that's all that matters, dude. Really, yeah. at the end of the day, and you know. Like people, like uh, I have, you know, people are gonna love it. People are gonna hate it. And when you're loved and hate at the same time, you're doing something right, you know. So yeah, true. It's a, true. It's a good way to, you know. But I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be an amazing experience. I'm super happy for you, man. That's a really cool. Thanks. Thanks. It's a really cool experience, and I, and I hope it's, uh, yeah, just have a blast with it. I'll send you some links too, and knowing that you're gonna be doing this endeavor and stuff, I'll try yeah, that'd to be great. Yeah, try to kind of just blast you. You, you do the same too, so. <laughs> Yeah, so you're gonna get so many links. So you're not gonna get sixty labels a day or a week, but you're gonna get sixty links. Yeah. Yeah, blow up my own box. Some beavis and butthead clips too in the middle there, blowing up frogs and shit. Yeah. James, are you gonna provide a musical mix to this podcast? <laughs> Dude, you should. I mean, we use music behind the podcasts so you can do you your own to, what, you want me to do an actual do mix and then uh... I, hey hey if you want if you want or if it's or we can just use one of uh of your choosing from your own mixes of the auxiliary podcast. i can do something custom for it damn that'd be sick man yeah definitely yeah. you should yeah self-promotion yeah. there's your yeah, there you that'd, go be, that'd be a great opportunity so yeah I'll, I'll i'll get that done over the weekend awesome yeah do please it. do and, and dude thanks again for your time and we gotta meet up and oh, have no some problem. dinner yeah, yes, I'd love to ask. That'd be that'd be great. Whereabouts are you, Iggy? Oh, dude, I'm on the east oh, coast, man. Oh, <laughs> right, okay. He's what he's at. three hours. One of them ahead. days, though. Yeah, he's in the yeah. future. Yeah. <laughs> how's it? How's the future feel, Iggy? Oh, fucking hot <laughs> over here. <laughs> Same over here. It's nice and windy. <laughs> awesome. It's actually raining over there or something. Oh, I don't man. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to get out here into the sunshine, Iggy. Dude, yeah, get the tan, get get bronze, baby. Uh, summertime. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with GD touring. There That's awesome. Ash. I want to hear about all that too. <laughs> Got a lot of, a lot of stuff nice. to talk right. about with that. But, awesome. Right, but yeah, dude, James, again, thanks again so much. And if uh, yeah, you, if people want to find you, is uh. You can uh, his name. We'll have links to his Facebook yeah. if that's okay, and uh, we'll have a link to whatever video or I mean audio link that you give us, and that way. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah thanks. So thanks for having me on, then, guys. That's been um, really great to chat about all this stuff with you guys. Awesome. I'm sorry we can't keep it longer. I have to go. I have to get running, but um, maybe we can have an, a round two after your film comes out, and we can.
can talk yeah. about kind of yeah, like the process and kind of promote it a bit so people can get a hold of it. So yeah, but, uh, wicked man. You guys have a great day. All right, you too. Well, have a great day, guys. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.